What I'm seeing is a lot of people are unwilling to adapt and change. And I'm not saying never call leads. Please don't hear that. I'm being semi-dramatic in the way I'm presenting this. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Guys, this morning we are diving into uh, the wonderful world, the future of lead conversion. Dude, Are we going to see the future, Robbie? <laughs> Dude, we're going to bring out the glass orb and we're going to show everything, man. We're going to try it. We're going to try it. <laughs> I, I love it. So um, if you guys don't know Robbie T., he is uh, with Hatch uh, Coaching and Consulting, but he's also the architect behind a couple uh, tech platforms involving messaging. He's been in ISA. He's converted hundreds, if not thousands of leads at this point. And uh, this is one of these guys. How many of you guys have, have heard of Robbie T before? Raise your hand if you're on camera. I see a few of you raising your hand. Um, if you're not on camera, by the way, turn your cameras on now, guys. This is going to be a fun one this morning. So Robbie is one of these guys that you hear these hushed whispers talking about. You do. It's like, have you guys, have you heard of Robbie? Have you, do you, do you know what he's doing? You know what he's working on? Like, it's one of these things that people are always, like people talk about you, dude. So I'm excited to dive in. I'm just going to turn this over to you. I'm here if you need me to help you, whatever we need. But um, you guys touch so many leads yeah. and, you, and you approach it with such a scientific method. Yeah. What is the future of lead conversion? I love it, man. Well, I, I like to, I like to start by giving a background. Uh, first off, I go by Robbie T because my last name is Trefithrin and it sounds like a pharmaceutical drug with all the problems and none of the money. Hence me having to work for a living, right? Uh, Y'all can relate to that. <laughs> um, long story short, my background on me, friends, is I was actually working lead conversion in politics before I got into real estate. Um, I worked what was called field campaigns, meaning I was that, that person knocking doors, making phone calls to potential voters. And if I can promise you one thing I learned, that there's one thing that's less popular than sales. It's politics. And you all know that. <laughs> um, but I was an ISA there. And really, I was an ISA boots on the ground starting in January 2013. I, I had the privilege of working alongside Eric Hatch. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of Eric. If not, you're going to someday. I know Jesse, he's been on here as well. Uh, Eric um, basically was a person who took a chance on me um, as, a, as an ISA um, back in 2013. Start off as an ISA, I'm, I'm my claim to fame, I did a TED talk and basically I made 100,000 calls, spoke to 10,000 people, set 1,000 appointments and it led to almost 500 closings um, in just a few short years. So your, your numbers were spot on uh, about my past. So good job. Some people throw out numbers out there. I'm like, that ain't right. I have not converted 42 billion leads. I wish. <laughs> um, but really what it comes down to is I obsess about one thing these days. Um, and that is I obsess about lead conversion. It's my blessing and my curse. I made a joke yesterday that I live, breathe, and sleep and dream lead conversion. Um, and again, it's a blessing and a curse, uh, depending on who you're talking to. My wife would say a curse. Um, you know, my pocketbook would say maybe it's a blessing these days. <laughs> but here's what we're what, what I want to talk about is uh, we have a real estate team, Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, we sold 868 homes in 2020. 
Um, and I can't take any credit of that. Uh, obviously, we have really great team. Eric is still the CEO there. I'm fully removed from the real estate company. Um, but they use, and they're kind of the beta test and, and really kind of the, the, the testing ground for what I'm going to share today. Um, the trends and everything that we see, it comes from the insights at Hatch Realty. And no, 860 homes in Fargo is not every home that's being sold. It is about 12, 13% though. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're working on it somewhere around that number. Um, so here's what, 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 what I really wanted to talk about. Um, and, and I think that I'm, I'm well positioned to share this journey because I've lived one foot in one world and one foot, foot in the other. Long story short, we're seeing the biggest shift in lead conversion we've ever seen before. And it's not a shift that just suddenly came on. It's been a shift, frankly, that's been uh, transitioning and happening over the really the last two years. And here's really what it comes down to. I want to talk about the old school model of lead conversion. All right. So if you want to write something down and maybe take some notes on this, we'll call it the old school model of lead conversion. That old school model was all about one primary thing. And that was calling, 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 and calling your leads. Right. And that's very normal. Heck, I see a lot of people that still think that that's a path, as you can probably tell. Um, we're going to talk about some reasons why that's not the case anymore. But the old school model is all about making phone calls to your leads, reaching out to people, getting voice to voice. And here's what we're seeing happen. All right. We are seeing what I'm calling the death of dials. All right. Maybe write that down the death of dials. The reason we're seeing the death of dials is we're seeing an absolute erosion of the answer rate. What that really means is this, is that people are answering the phone less and less often. If any of you on here call leads, can you maybe give me a, uh, a high five or put your hand up if you, you agree what I'm talking about, right? People are answering the phone less often. This is just the reality. Now let's talk about why that is. You know, it's really ironic. Right before I was hopping on here, I usually turn my phone to airplane mode, but I didn't yet. And no crap, guess what came through on my phone? I'm going to show you all this real quick. You're going to love it. This is one of the reasons why people don't answer the phone. I can't make this up. Is if you look at my phone, what's that say at the very top there? Potential spam, right? That was from hey, 10 minutes ago. That's flaw number one. People are answering the phone less and less often because more and more phone numbers, if you're calling people all the time, are getting tagged as spam. Secondly, let's talk about the other piece. Answering a random phone call from a random phone, random phone number, it's highly inconvenient. You don't like to do it. It's a dying way to communicate with people. A really good example of this, there's probably some parents in the room who have kids that are maybe like 15, 20, 25 years old. And the funny thing about it is if you were to call your kids that are 25 or younger, they don't ever answer your phone. I feel bad for my dad. The one, for those of you that looked at my phone real quick, you probably saw that the call missed before that was my dad. I don't answer my dad's calls. You know what I do? I text him back. Don't get me wrong. I humor him and call him back sometimes. I can't remember the last time I just answered his call out of the blue. And here's what I want you to write down is a random phone call is highly inconvenient and it puts you out of control. And what we need to recognize is that we, you know, beyond or due to forces beyond our control in real estate, consumers' preferences have changed 
drastically in many different businesses. For example, who goes to Sears anymore, drives to a Sears, picks something out of a store, brings it home. They don't do it anymore. It's Amazon, right? Why? Because it's convenient. I have control. I can see everything in the marketplace on one website, order it, and sure as heck, in some cities, it shows up on my doorstep hours later or a day later or two days later. Convenience and control. Another good example is people don't want to pay. They don't want to have to sit through ads anymore, right? Think about TV, live TV. The amount of hours watched on live TV continues to go down because people are watching more and more of it on Netflix, Disney Plus. Why? Because I have control. I don't have to sit there and watch an ad I don't want to watch anymore. Control and convenience. The other big thing is this, a random phone call, you have no control, no convenience. The world's changing, it's shifting. Now, there's this, I'm gonna call it the old guard, all right? Old guard, and don't get, I used to be this, right? I was the kid, the ISA, 100,000 calls, 10,000 contacts, 1,000 appointments. I was that guy. I was that person doing it. And I, I initially, when I saw this happening, I would think, well, you got to keep calling your leads. And here's what we've, we're seeing. Literally, as of yesterday, we just launched an, an official split test, right? Scientific split test. We're measuring data, separating people in the groups, A-B group testing, all this stuff. And here's what we're doing is we're measuring the data on this. Group A is getting calls, texts, and emails. Group B is getting texts and emails, no calls. Here's what I'll tell you. Since September of this year, my ISAs haven't been calling pay-per-click leads, okay? Almost as a preempt to this, to just test the idea. Here's what's crazy. Jesse, guess what happened? Our contact rate went up, okay? I want you all to hear that real quick. And we're doing the scientific study so we can get legitimate data on it. Here's what I want you all to hear is that with pay-per-click force registration leads, PPC, pay-per-click, right? You're paying $10, $12 for the lead. With lower quality lead sources, calling those leads, we actually have a decent amount of data that's showing calling them reduces contact rate. Shocking, right? Again, I was a dials guy. I'm like, no, that can't be real. They didn't even tell me when they made the switch, by the way. They just did it. This is the power of when you have people boots on the ground who make adjustments and you give them that free reign when you have really good people. What they said was it's just not working like it used to. So that's the first thing. I have another friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name. I haven't got permission, but he did the same thing. We were telling him about this. He pulled the plug on calling his pay-per-click leads. Guess what happened to his contact rate? Went up. So, so when you say contact rate went up, d- define contact rate. You mean, so is that like a response to a text message versus someone picking up the phone? It is. It's a, some type. We've always talked about how a contact in, in our world is somebody throwing the ball back to us in some way, shape or form. That could be as simple as Jesse, you answer the phone, like, dude, I'm not interested. Done. Right. That would count as a contact. Right. Because that is. It's any time we're getting some type of response back from a lead is really what it comes down to. What's really interesting, a lot of people would think a, the quality of a text conversation compared to a quality of a phone conversation, they're actually both high quality. The pain point, Jesse, is this, is texting conversations are like molasses, right? They move slowly, right? Because you're texting back and forth. Really, if you look at what a text message is, it's, 
It's a conversation fragmented into tiny pieces. That's all it is. That's all it's happening. We're in a voice voice conversation. You get through a lot more information in five to 10 minutes. But here's, here's the problem, Jesse. People under 30, they don't want it. Under 35, they don't want it. Under 40, they don't want it. We're getting, that keeps bleeding up. This is consumer behavior. You can't change it. It's not possible. You have to either adapt or you die. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people are unwilling to adapt and change. And I'm not saying never call leads. Please don't hear that. I'm being semi-dramatic in the way I'm presenting this, but I'm trying to wake you all up to the fact that if you're just sitting there only calling your leads, you probably want to start exploring the idea of, well, maybe we should start texting leads as well. Or maybe we need to start pivoting. For us, we went through this phase. It was calls, calls, calls. And then it switched to calls, 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 layer in some texts. Then it switched to text, text, layer in calls. And now it's becoming texting. Why? Because that's how people prefer to communicate. Now, obviously, there's generational differences. Every market's a little different. Fargo is a probably just normal average age city. As a general whole, we have an average age population. If you're in a market with an older population, texting is going to be less effective and calls will be more effective, right? If you're in Austin, Texas, where everyone's under 30 years old, you should never pick up your phone and call leads. Never, right? Because it's all young people. So a really good example, I like to tell a story that illustrates this really well on how different, basically, generations can behave differently. My brother, who's 25 years old, right? If he gets a, a phone call. So imagine this, we're at, we're at Christmas, right? Um, and pre-COVID. So imagine you're at Christmas and my brother who's 24 is talking to my grandma who's 80, right? My grandma who's 80 has a cell phone now, by the way. Landline's dead, gone, see ya. But she has a cell phone. And I want you to envision this. My grandma and my, my, my brother are having a very intimate conversation, right? My brother's revealing some really sensitive information. They're talking about maybe he's, maybe he's got a new girlfriend or maybe whatever. It doesn't matter. Just emotional conversation. Here's what's funny. If somebody calls my brother who's 24, 25 years old, do you think my brother answers that phone call? No chance. Never. Right? Goes, he just doesn't even act like it. If he sees it's ringing, he just clicks red. Decline, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Here's what's funny though. You want to see how my grandma behaves differently? If she hears her phone ring, she, it doesn't matter. I swear to God, it could be in her bedroom four doors over. If she hears it ring, you know what she does? She books it to go and answer that phone. She will cut my brother off midstream, mid-conversation. Why? Because that's the generation she lived in. It was this whole old school methodology of, oh, if I miss that call, I could be missing something really important. With texting, right, it's displacing this. I can text you back. It gives me more control. I can text you back when it's convenient for me. That's the point I'm getting at here. This is the future. What I really believe, Jesse, and the point I want to really get at today is I don't think we're that far away where answering a random phone call becomes something that is literally obsolete. It doesn't happen. And I want you to just chew on this for a second. Do you like answering random phone calls? In real estate, right? A random phone call, Jesse, that you and I can mean thousands upon thousands of dollars. And we have resistance to it. We have resistance to it because it's annoying. We have resistance to it because of a lack of control. 
And there's another method. You, what you'll say, Jesse, almost always, if they really need to hold me, they'll text me or they'll leave me a voicemail. And you won't listen to the voicemail, you'll read the voicemail, right? I know how this game goes. I've played it a few times, right? This is the world we're moving into. And more and more things are changing. So really what, what I wanna get at is that the calling game, the answer rates are gonna continue to plunge. That you have to be willing to change what you are doing. And what I honestly, Jesse, what I'm afraid of is there's a lot of people um, that remind me of dinosaurs. Um, imagine the asteroid about right before it's about to hit the earth, right? And um, they're just staring at it. And they're like, oh, that's not going to hit us. That's not going to change anything. They put their head in the sand and act like it's not going to do anything. That's the worst thing you could ever do as a business. Again, you innovate or you die, you adapt, or you die. And the biggest thing that you all need to become a comfortable or become comfortable with is texting leads. So that's what I wanted to talk about. I have other theories on 10 years from now. I don't even think we're going to have phone numbers, but we'll, we'll save that for a different, a different agent power model. So I, I, I love it. I, I love it, Robbie. And we've got a number of questions here. So let me read some cool. of the questions from the chat box. Yeah, um, so Brittany's asking, what about texting a video to an uncommunicated lead? Have you guys experimented with that? Yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> I'm not willing to say, or I'm very willing to say things that go against popular opinion. I think video is the most overrated thing talked about in real estate, okay? Because people confuse the proper use of video. Video is incredibly powerful. But when you send a video of yourself to a random lead, most people think that that's creepy. It's weird. You see, people have confused video that we seek out or video of our friends and family on our Instagram stories or reels or Facebook stories wall. The difference is those are people that you're friends with, right? They're in your circle. You want to see that content or I follow it. Here's what actually happens. Imagine this. I like to, again, take off the real estate hat. There you go. Now you can see my balding head. Take your real estate hat off and imagine, my dad just went through this. Imagine uh, you go to a car dealership's website to look at cars. Okay, just imagine this because again, we're going to equate it to real estate. And then you now get a video from a random car salesman sending you videos about them or themselves. You don't care. You don't want that, right? What we've seen that works much better, Jesse, is you getting a text from me saying, hey, Jesse, saw that you were looking at some cars on one of our websites. I just want to know, Jesse, were you just kind of looking at those for fun or are you thinking about making a, a car purchase sometime soon? What one are you more likely to respond to? The funny thing is we just, in real estate, all we're doing is, hey, I saw that you were looking at some homes on one of our websites. Were you just kind of looking for fun? Or are you looking to you know, make a purchase sometime soon? Make a move sometime soon. So video, um, and we've tried it, we've done it. Again, this is, we've done it with Bomb Bomb. Videos of yourself, right, to them, most of those people are like, that's weird. And it, it's borderline creepy to leads that don't know you. Now, video is exponentially powerful with people that you've communicated with, you have connection with. Extremely powerful. So video should be played there all day long. You know, we use Marco Polo all the time in our business. Um, Marco Polo is basically like Snapchat, except it doesn't delete the videos. Um, but video can be really powerful for people in your circle. It's really great on Facebook. And you can send videos to your clients all day long, right? With Marco Polo or something like that. 
Um, but I think videos to random leads that don't know you is extremely overrated. Now, one other thing I'll, I'll add, Jesse, is someone said, well, what if you send a video? What if that salesperson sent you a video of the car that maybe you were interested in? I'm like, oh yeah, that, that'd be valuable, right? That'd be super valuable. I don't know about you all, but are you going to go out to every single house, record a video on your phone and send it to a lead that was interested in a house? There's no scale there. A car dealership could do that because they had to walk to the parking lot. It takes four minutes. Going, doing a house, you got to arrange a showing, go to it, record it. There's just no scale. It's not possible. So it's just apples and oranges. Love it. All right. And I love that you're willing to go against popular opinion, Robbie. I like you. <laughs> All right. So uh, next, next question we had in here, one more from, uh, from Carolyn. She was asking... Um, data and I don't. I know you and uh, David Tam. I think are working on that. The, some of this data yes. analysis. Do yep. you have the data available from that split test yet, or is it still? No, we, we literally launched it yesterday. Um, so we had some preliminary data, but it wasn't clean in terms of making it truly scientific. It gave us basically us stopping stopping making the calls. Gave us some hunches, right? But we wanted to make sure it was very clean. So they started it yesterday. They've been collecting data for a whopping one day. So I, I can't even share that yet. Um, I mean, I could, but it's worthless data. Uh, what I will say, make sure when I'm saying this, I just want to make sure this line is very clear. This is only regarding your pay-per-click leads. That's the only thing we're talking about. Um, regarding uh, like a high quality lead, a realtor.com lead, a property inquiry, those people are further down the funnel. They naturally want something traditionally, information. Those people we absolutely will call. Here, here's another data point. This will, this will shock you, Jesse. In the month, and this shocked me. I mean, I literally, you should see the Marco Polo between my lead ISA and I last night when he told me this. Um, they, I asked them, how many calls, we track numbers like crazy, how many calls did you make in December? And between all four ISAs. And guess what the number was, Jesse? So, uh, I don't know, 5,000. Yeah. So good, good, good guess, right? It used to be, we used to average our standard used to be 250 dials, 25 contacts or two quality appointments per business day per an ISA. Okay. There were days I's and ISA would make a thousand calls in one day myself. They made 50 calls in the month of December, 50. Okay. And, and how many appointments booked? Oh, appointments were normal. They were averaging right around the two per day. You need to also recognize December slows down for us, right? We got that white crap outside that gets pretty cold here in Fergo. Yeah, but, Fergo but that's but that's pretty, pretty but that's incredible that the appointments stayed the same and your calls dropped to almost nothing. That's what's been insane, man, is when they stopped calling, I would have never noticed it because contacts are what really mattered. That's what I used to really preach dials, dials, dials. And the reason I would do that was that was the primary way to make a contact. Well, that's changed. Contacts are what really matter because from contacts, you can set appointments and it's always been a flow. It used to be um, calls, 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 calls leads to contacts, contacts lead to appointments, appointments lead to uh, basically contracts, contracts leads to closings. Well, what it's really changed to is that that calls, calls, calls is changing to text, text, text. And the cool thing, Jesse, the thing that's changed is in the calling world, you couldn't automate it. Not possible, right? So what we've done instead is we use automated messaging at a really high level to initiate the conversations, send the text on our behalf, and you just create good messages and it does the work on, on your behalf. So. Anyways, that, that's so, so, so Craig's got a question. He typed in, but Craig, come off mute. I saw you come off mute for a minute. You can ask it out loud, Craig. 
Hey, Robbie, how you doing? It's Craig. Hey, Craig, what's up, dude? Doing good, man. So I'm, I'm a uh, client of yours for Sierra Interactive. So curious on the split test. Are you using the hatch plans for that split test or what are you yes, using? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yep. They, uh, they're using those. Really, this is the big thing is we just are. What we're doing is <laughs> the split test for us is different than most. Most people would have to stop calling. We're having the later in calls right? That's, that's the weird thing for us is we're having to layer in calls at a decent level. And that's why we wanted to get some of that data was we basically had old data looking at old data. That's not a good split test. A good split test is now we have one group and this group, same type of leads coming in different days because you got to separate it by something. And what's happening is this group gets calls, this one doesn't. So. We're having to like reintroduce calls, which is a really odd thing to be saying. Like, as I'm saying, I'm like, that is odd. <laughs> is, is there also a 2021 thing I'm hearing about from other people? Uh, what do you mean by 2021? Like a new download we need to do? Yeah, we, we release all new plans January 1. I got to get with you on that then. Yeah, okay. circle back to me, man. We'll get them to you. Yeah, we, we rewrote, basically we're always split testing them. So we got new ones out. We even have a new year plan you can use, which is kind of cool. Yeah. All right, so, so Robbie, I got one last question and then where else you want to go. And David Tamasi, you're here. You must've heard us talking about you. <laughs> Good <Love time>. <laughs> All right. So, so, so question, question uh, that Andrew asked was, what are you texting them to get them to respond? Is there a magic text or is it the series of texts? Like what, what's, what's the magic? Um, so here, here, let's talk about the risk of texting first off. Okay. Cause I want to drive into this before I forget. Um, you can't just text anybody. Let's just acknowledge that. Um, you can only use texting, automated texting to leads that have explicitly opted in. Let's just first recognize that. And this is where a lot of people are gonna push boundaries or frankly get themselves in major trouble is, oh, I got these 10,000 expired leads, I'm gonna text them. Don't do that, that's highly illegal. Only text leads that have explicitly opted in. Explicitly opted in means they went to your website in some way, shape or form, they agreed by clicking that little box that says, I agree to be reached out, blah, blah, blah. Now, almost every single website, if you're using a Sierra or anybody's website, they have that language in there protecting you. I would double check it, check it, frankly, just to double check. I know Sierra is good. I know Wilopo is good. I know Zillow is good. Those are the big three I know for sure. Check, check, check. So, um, but that's the, that's the first big thing. Now, when it comes to getting people to respond, the other problem that we're seeing, Jesse, is deliverability of messages. And what I mean by that is, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, right? Uh, these, the biggest uh, network carriers, they are deathly afraid of your texting inbox becoming your email spam inbox. So what they're doing is anything they're flagging as spam, they will just stop delivering your message, okay? And we've had some of our messages, get this, we basically, we adapt, we adjust, we change those messages, delete them, that sort of thing. Um, but this is the interesting thing is um, Twilio, uh, raise your hand if anybody knows what Twilio is. All right. The real, the real nerds know who Twilio is. Twilio is the, the company between almost all like CRMs or businesses and the, the carriers that sends the messages. Okay. They basically built the infrastructure of the software that sends all the messages. And Twilio obviously sees a lot of trends here. And here's the biggest trend that they, they've set. And they told us to Sierra because some Sierra users were having deliverability issues. The trend is you are not to send salesy or marketing-based text to leads. You are at a lot higher chance to have your messages just get cut off, not sent, not delivered. 
And they have ex explicit authority to do this, by the way. The FCC said, we can't solve this problem. Go solve it for yourself to the carrier. So they're doing it. And it's a moving target. We're, we're seeing things happen. It's, a, it's a, an evolving story. But really what it comes down to is the opposite side of that. They said, texting is only to be used as a conversational. You're only supposed to send conversational texts to people. Meaning, send things that sound like you're talking to a friend. That's it. What I see happen, a lot of people think, and, and I basically say that not all messages are created equal. If you're sending things out, like I got a bunch of listings I want to send you, Jesse, is blank and blank email the best email to reach you at. That's marketing, right? Salesy. That's at a lot higher chance of going undelivered. The other interesting thing that we've seen is if your messages get a lot of stops, because stop is the equivalent of unsubscribe in texting, just so you all know. That's what we've been all hardwired to, right? You've probably said stop to some things before. It's just what we're hardwired to do. Um, and what happens is if the carriers see you doing that, if you're getting a lot of responses that people say stop, now it happens sometimes, they understand it, but if it's happening a good amount of time, they're gonna start undelivering all your messages. So for us, what we've honestly done, what I think really have, what you have to do is we, in a lot of our messages are basically giving people explicit um, ability to tell us no. This is probably the biggest thing that's worked with our stuff is we say something like, you know, Jesse saw that uh, you were looking at some homes on one of our websites. Were you just looking for fun or are you thinking about making a move sometime soon? And we obviously adjust that language, change that language. But by giving somebody explicit permission to tell us no, there's a lot less likelihood that we get that angry no from somebody. Take me off your list. Some people do, right? Because there's this wall and they can just be an a-hole because they don't, they're not talking to a human, right? It's just texting some mythical creature. But what we've seen is that helps us. We rarely get stop. Rather, what we traditionally and our users get is more of a, now I'm not looking, you can take me off your list. Here's what's good about that is that to a, a, the network carriers, because they're just using AI to read all this, that doesn't look any different than, yeah, I want to buy a house. They don't know it because all they're looking for is stop, right? They have these parameters, things like that. So that's a, that's a crazy thing. Basically, open-ended questions, Jesse, um, and giving people the option to say no. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid of that. We embrace it. I, I love it, guys. And, and unfortunately, we're wrapping up here on the end of time. If people want to learn more, Robbie, because how many of you raise your hand did you learn something you didn't know this morning? Something you can use. Look at that. Love it. Where can people find more information, Robbie? Do you want to send them to the Agent Power Huddle Facebook group and we'll tag you in the replay? Can they go directly to videos you have? Where's the best yeah. way we can find you? Yeah. So go to hatchcoaching.com. It's the simplest way to, to follow what we're doing. Um, Eric and I just released something that's pretty cool as well. We call it Hatch Huddle. And basically it's $99 a month. And for 45 minutes, you have to deal with Eric and I uh, every Monday morning. And what we do is we basically go in and we're talking about changes in the industry, mindset, building our model. As Jesse knows, uh, we, we do things a lot differently with ISA showing partners and we take a different approach. So check that out. Go to, but just hatchcoaching.com is the simplest. Thank you. David Tams over there. Send that link there. Check out hatchcoaching.com um, and reach out to us. Uh, Facebook message me. Um, Whatever you want to do, I, I love chatting about lead conversion. Like you said, I, I spent too much time thinking about it. So, <laughs> dude, dude, this is and, and I love talking to you, Robbie. This is so much fun, guys. Th thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you got something good out of this for our Tactical Tuesday. 
If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Love it, love it, love it, guys. Enjoy your day, everybody. Thank you for being here, Robbie. Thanks for showing up, David. I love it. Bye, guys. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.